Okay, guys, we have two minutes, so we're going to try to uh, encourage everyone to come in. I'm just going to do a little bit of um, kind of um, announcements a little bit. Um, so just FYI, um, next Sunday, well, this coming Sunday, um, our grandkids and our cu a couple of our kids are going to be here. And um, they have three kids, four, well, they'll be, the fourth one will be born in May, but they are, um, we've always dedicated their kids, and anyway, when we were traveling, we couldn't get together kind of with them and at our church, because we were traveling a lot on the weekend, and so um, they asked us if we would dedicate Sadie, their two-year-old, and so we're going to have a baby dedication this Sunday. So anyway, so I want y'all to know that. And then I wanted to tell you that Easter is coming. I don't know if you guys know, but Easter is more attended church than Christmas. It's a bigger thing. And so um, Easter is almost like having friend day at church because people just come. And so um, I am trying to get a room. Um, we've got like some rooms over here that are not being used, but we had like toys and stuff. So I'm trying to get a room ready. We've got the cry room. In case kids uh, show up. Yeah, ready. But the And that's for parents who have small children. And they can go in that room. They can hear the service and see the service. And their kids can play in there. And they, you know, won't disturb anyone. But the other room I would like to have ready by Easter. And we're not talking about some full-fledged curriculum for kids or anything like that. But I would like to have it ready on Easter in case people come that are visiting and they have small kids. So... Um, I am looking for volunteers. Now, look, it's not a lifetime commitment, okay? <laughs> Don't get scared. But I need, uh, I, in order for, like, the insurance and things like that, I need a second person. On Easter, I am willing, would love to go in that extra room and have um, someone come with me, because I need to, another person, um, in case there's kids. And it's just one service. And, um, you know, if you are interested in ongoing, that would be great. But we have to have a security, a background check. It's not like they're going to call the FBI and your friends or whatever. It's a, like a small one. Don't worry. But um, anyway, they have to do one on me too. So um, if you're interested in that or know somebody that might be, that would be great. I just need one person, uh, you know, there, but there needs to be two people in there. So if that's something that just sparks an interest, let me know. Amen. And I don't know if there's anything else. Is there anything else? I don't think so. Okay. Well, thank y'all so much for coming As far tonight. as announcements, there's more, but yeah, not, there's that's, more, that's but all not the any more announcements. <laughs> so anyway, we want to just thank y'all for coming. Are we standing up there? Uh, yeah, okay. I think so. Okay. All right. So we just want to thank y'all for coming tonight. Yep. Um, you know, this week has been such a great week because we have gotten to know people. And so we thank y'all for coming out. Tomorrow's the last day for the the meet and munch, and so if you haven't come, come on. Um, we'd love to uh, talk to you and get to know you. And tonight, we thought we would let you get to know us, who we are, where we've been kind of mm -hmm. thing. And so um, so tonight, Rick and I are going to be sharing together. That's okay with y'all. Yeah. So first, though, let's, let's pray. How about yes, that? So let's, let's pray. Father God, we just thank you for this evening, Lord. Thank you for what you want to do in our hearts, Lord. We thank you for just touching our hearts with... Uh, your love and with hope yes. and for changing our lives tonight in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Yeah, I mentioned hope. Let me just say this real quick. Hope. Hope's so important. Sometimes hope gets a bad rap, but you know, hope's really important. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Right. Hebrews 11 says, right? right? So we want to have hope because that's something your faith can grab a hold of and begin to bring into your life. And hope really helps people endure. You know, if you think about it, I know there was a study done. I like to talk about this kind of stuff. I'll just go say this real quick. I just, I like it when research, the, we don't need anything to verify the Bible, but it's just very interesting to me. Okay, anyway, so there was a study done. Some of you may have heard of it, but these scientists went out into the, these woods and caught these rats. Anybody heard of this study? They caught these rats. So this was a long time ago before people were quite so concerned about cruelty to animals. Right. Now, I'm not endorsing this study, but okay, I'm just telling yeah, you the results of it. I'm just telling you what happened. I'm just telling you what happened. <laughs> so they, they did this, they caught these rats, and they brought them in, and the, what the study was, they put them in these tubs of water they couldn't get out of, and they saw how long they could swim. Before they died. Before they 
Yeah, right, boo. Bit but the dust. Anyway, like it wasn't our study, so. Before they bit the dust. <laughs> so on average, the rats made it 15 minutes. So they took the rats out. They, they said, let's do the study a little different way. So they got more rats because all those, you know, deceased. Went so to heaven. They went and got some more, and they put them in the water, and they knew, okay, around 15 minutes they're going to conk out. So around 12 or 13 minutes they took them out, dried them off, and gave them a rest and put them back in. Guess how long they swam the second time? Average of 64 hours. That's the power of hope. Imagine the power of hope. We want to give people hope. Amen? Yes. And one of the things, well, not one of the, well, yeah, I guess one of the, we're, primarily tonight we want to share our testimony. Yeah. And again, you know, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the power of our testimony. So testimony can give hope in addition to help you get to know us. And I think our testimony really demonstrates that God can do anything. Amen. So just to set the stage just a little bit, and Rebecca's primarily going to talk about during this right here, but just to set the stage, when Rebecca and I met, I was an atheist. We were not serving God. We weren't serving God. Well, obviously, I was an atheist. <laughs> so I was, um, I was a heavy drinker. I wasn't an alcoholic yet. But he was on the way. I was very foul-mouthed, and I was uh, an insomniac. Many nights I would lay awake and watch the clock tick all the way around, never having slept at all. And you get a little insane when that sleep. goes on, yeah, yeah, if you don't sleep at all. So but he wasn't that insane when I met him. I mean, he was kind of, yeah, but not really. I hit it well. So, anyway, so when I met Rick, I was still in the Air Force. Mm -hmm. I was active duty, and I had been divorced and had two children, two small children. And I had kind of sworn off marriage because I had a really bad experience. And so my mom worked in the office, in the office that Rick worked in. He mm -hmm. was civil service. And my mom, being a mom, didn't want me to live my life by myself. And she was like, no, you got to get out. I'm like, mom, I don't want to. Anyway. But Rick was the confirmed bachelor in the office. And everybody said, oh, yeah, he'll never get married. He's a confirmed bachelor. I was and, 26 years old. How yeah, do people get like these was, ideas? Yeah. So, anyway, anyway, go ahead. So my mom um, set us up. Okay. And so uh, I thought, well, he's a safe date. Rick was in. Um, getting his master's degree at the time and so he went to school on the weekends and he worked full time during the week and so we had one date night a week and it was Saturday night and I thought you know I can do that that's that's not too much commitment you know I got my whole week by myself so um, anyway so we dated let me toss something in here I'm sorry I'm gonna I'm butt in like this so y'all just yeah. anyway Rebecca and I went on this one day this is to kind of give you an idea how I was we went on this one date and we were at this, we were at a bar, okay? What, are you BC, telling this story? I can't yeah, believe you're telling, I'm telling this story. I'm telling this story. Paula. B.C. Okay. So, Before Christ, yeah. We're, we're sitting there, and Rebecca is just touching me, like, you know. Okay, so I don't mean like, okay, I this don't. This is how I remember, okay. just like, you know, but touching me. But y'all have me. to understand, some people are just touching you. And so if they talk to you at the door, sometimes they're like, oh, hey, how are you? You know, whatever. Okay, I wasn't like. In a bad way. No, which it I don't wasn't. Understand. I don't mean it that. Was, it was but just like, you it, know, hey, my, how are you? You know. In my head, <laughs> in my head, it was just like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like so, that. And, so, and finally, oh finally, I thought I was going to go insane. You know, <laughs> don't touch me. Mr. I just, nobody ever touched me that much. And I told her, I said, I said, I'm just going to tell you, I said, my God, stop touching me. I'm going to go crazy. <laughs> So that's our dating so, life. So we started off really great. Yeah. You know, and I'm thinking, what is wrong with you? He, he also told me that night <clears throat> that he said, oh. now we were, you know, I was new uh -huh. in town and he had taken me to this place and it was like, a, it was kind of like an Applebee's with a dance floor. And so we were eating and stuff and he said, now, hey, Mr. Charming, hey, um, I know a lot of people. So if somebody comes up to me, if, you know, maybe girls come up to me, it's just because I know a lot of people. And I'm thinking, <laughs> really? <laughs> and so this is amazing, y'all. It's amazing how people remember things, you know? Okay, so <laughs> the thing was that night, it was probably, I don't know, maybe 10 minutes later, this guy comes up to me and goes, hey, isn't, aren't you Rebecca? Okay, remember, I'm new in town. I was stationed in Miami. This is Sumter, South Carolina, a long ways away. And I was like, uh, yeah. He goes, I know you from Miami. He's like, yeah, we danced at the Airmen's Club. And I'm like, 
Oh, sorry, I know some people. <laughs> oh my gosh. It was okay, hysterical. let's move on. Let's okay, move on. so we're moving on. So we dated, <laughs> fell in love, and Rick uh, got his master's degree and was graduating, mm -hmm. and so he was looking for a new job to, you know, and so he um, got this job that was, uh, they, he got a job at the Savannah River site actually. Uh, it was a couple hours away from Sumter. Mm -hmm. And so he asked me if I would marry him. And I'm thinking, what happened here? I wasn't gonna get married, no. You know, I'm in love with you and you're moving and you want me to marry you? Okay. <laughs> so. She couldn't help herself. <laughs> so. I bought, it and, and the deal is, I had never had a wedding, so I was so excited. I thought, oh my gosh. So I bought a dress, and I'm planning this wedding, and I'm so excited. And so Rick moves, and um, I'm making provisions to get out of the Air Force because I need to move. And so I'm wrapping up my time there, and Rick buys his house. And so um, anyway, so I get out of the Air Force, and we moved in together. So our wedding was supposed to be, you know, like in six weeks or whatever. Well, when we moved in together, I'm going to tell you, we had the curse. We did mm -hmm. not know there was a curse alive in the earth, but we had the curse, y'all. Mm -hmm. Okay, and this house we were in, it wasn't like a really old house or anything. Crazy stuff started happening. The wallpaper just fell off the wall one day. Um, our I mean, the whole water, room, yeah. Yeah, our hot water heater exploded. Our, our septic tank backed up in the bathtub. Um, we, and then our kids, okay, so you have to remember, we ha I had two little kids. They got sick, and I don't mean they got like a cold or a little ear infection. They got diseases that were like, like our son got this disease that they, said, they told us at the time, one in like, I don't know, 200,000 had. It was just very rare. It left him with a heart condition, and we were, you know, we were in the hospital. They were like sick, mm -hmm. sick, okay? Another thing you have to remember, I had gotten out of the Air Force. I wasn't retired, I had gotten out, so I didn't have a job. Rick didn't have any, he had no idea what it was like mm -hmm. to have a house, kids, you know, anything like that. To him, his life wouldn't change. So, yeah. <laughs> I didn't have any money. I mean, you know, I didn't, I just, I, I had very little money. And so we had financial issues. Yeah. We, we, were, we had the curse operating in our lives. Neither one of us were born again. And Rick just kept thinking all the answer to the problem is money. Mm -hmm. So he started studying for a new position and trying to get certifications. And so anyway, our, our day, our typical day at home, would be Rick would get up and go to work. I'd have the kids at home. And um, so I would cook supper. Rick would come home. Now remember, he had never been married. He was a bachelor, confirmed bachelor. And, and Rick and I were raised different. People think, you know, what is normal to them is normal to somebody else. It's not. It's your normal. Okay? So we were raised very different. And so in my house, we always had supper together as a family. So when Rick would come home from work, I would cook supper and we're waiting on him to get home. And he would see supper on the table and he's like, eh, I think I'm going to eat pizza rolls. Oh, okay. So he would go in the kitchen and eat kind of by himself. And, you know, we just, whatever, we would eat and whatever. And the kids would, you know, they were little, so they would go to bed about 8 o'clock. But Rick, after dinner, would sit and study and put earplugs in his ear. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay? And so it was like I started having a rejection issue because I'm like, gosh, you know, you don't even like want to hear that we're in the house. Not that we're just like noisy or whatever. And so that kind of started our relationship. And then because the kids were so sick and things were so crazy, we kept having to put the wedding off and put the wedding off and put the wedding off. And so we stayed living together. Yeah, finances were a real issue. Like they Rebecca were, said, yeah. we had the curse. She'd mentioned some of that stuff that happened. You know, when the wallpaper falls off the wall and the water heater explodes and our furnace went out and the bathroom floor rotted out and I mean, there was a place we in the backyard where if you stepped on it, it would about electrocute you. It was and, crazy. And anyway, you know, so money was an issue, okay? We didn't have, uh, money was being drained and the kids were always sick because right. the curse and, was going on. And because on. I was out of the Air Force, I yeah. didn't have insurance or anything right. like that. So you can imagine, you know, things were crazy. And then Rick, he was taught that women, you could never trust a woman. And so we didn't, even though we were living together, I had a very small amount of child support. And that was the only income that I had. And so 
it was my money, and my, it, to him, it was that's your responsibility. These kids, your groceries, your whatever. And so it, it didn't go very far. You know, yeah. we were not basically, it was like we were just, and it was not like that when we were dating. I don't know what happened to him, but something changed, so okay? We started fighting a lot. Yeah. Like we, we, all the time. Yeah, we were about fighting. About everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We, yeah, a lot, a lot of, stress, of stress, a lot of pressure, financial mm -hmm. pressure, but we were fighting all the time about everything. And Rick had all these aspirations to, you know, get ahead in the, in the business world. And he was brilliant. And, he, you know, he won all these certifications and doing all this stuff. And then he had aspirations of going into politics and, and, and you know, his family going back to West Virginia and being involved in politics and stuff like that. And I'm just like... So I was raised in a Baptist church, and I appreciate all my teaching in the Baptist church. I knew the Bible. Well, you know, I knew the stories, and I knew how to get saved, but I was not living for God. And so, but I knew, I remember growing up, it, it was like in the 70s, there was a big thing about um, the Antichrist, and I remember that as a kid. And all I knew about the Antichrist is that he was going to be power hungry. He was going to, you know, deceive people. And make, th make him think he was just great, but he was really mean and cold and calculating. And one day, I started thinking. <laughs> and actually, I'm, I'm stepping ahead because actually, let me, let me just hold, pause, y'all pause right there. Okay, so one day before, when we had all this stuff going on, it was a Saturday. On Friday nights, about 8 o'clock, Rick would kind of be like, unwind he'd have a few drinks and then he would talk to me it was like oh yeah I remember you and so he would be like that till like Sunday about five o'clock and then it was like work mode mm -hmm. get out of my face kind of thing and so on a Saturday afternoon I'll never forget it I was actually anyway I remember it just like it was yesterday um, he came up to me, and I was, I'm telling you, I was so rejected, y'all, but I was stuck. I didn't have any money. I'd sold my house. Uh, you know, I didn't make any money on the house, so it wasn't like I just had all these options, okay? I had nothing to go back to, and I was kind of stuck. And so I, I just, it was, my heart was just broken because I wanted him to love me like he used to. What happened? And so he, he came to me this one Saturday afternoon and goes, Rebecca, I have the greatest idea. He says, I know the answer to all our problems. And I was like, what? He said, we need to get married. And I'm thinking, oh, he loves me. He loves me. He remembers me. And he goes, you know, you and the kids would be a great tax break if we were married. I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So... <laughs> He wanted to get married on his lunch hour. He had, and I'm thinking, the dress, the wedding, you know, the, and he's thinking money, money, money. Y'all so, ever seen a romantic comedy? This was a romantic horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we did get married because I told you, I was like, I was stuck. I felt like I couldn't do anything else. What am I going to do? And so we did get married, and things really did not improve. And so... I had my Friday night from 8 to, you know, like 5 o'clock on Sunday. Uh, but we were fighting all the time because there was so much pressure with the money. Even after we got married, we weren't the big tax break, I guess, that he thought, you know. So anyway, um, fast forward back to the Antichrist. I'm thinking about all this stuff that I learned in a Baptist church about the Antichrist. And I thought one day, oh, my God, I think I married the Antichrist. And I'm thinking, God, can you forgive me for that? I mean, how am I going to get out of this? And so I remember it just bothered me. And so I thought, okay, I'm going to have to ask him about this. And, you know, when Rick and I would fight, if he really wanted to win, he was kind of scary. I mean, he could yell and be more bigger than anybody I'd ever, like, known. You know, kind of, uh, you know. And so I'm thinking, how am I going to do this? And Rick was just, he just seemed so cold and calculating. And I kept thinking, he is setting us up because he married me. I've got these two kids, and it looks like we're great to take to parties, and people will say, oh, look how sweet he was marrying this girl, and blah, 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 whatever, in my head. So one Friday night, I guess it was about 9 o'clock, I went out on the porch. He was sitting there, and I said, hey, can I ask you something? He goes, yeah. I said, are you the Antichrist? <laughs> and no lie, Rick looked at me and goes, you know what? You're not the first person that's ever asked me that. 
And I thought, oh my God, I'm married to the Antichrist. What am I going to do? I mean, seriously, guys, this is scary. Yeah. And I was drinking more and more, more, and, more and more during this time. And every once in a while, see, I had some people in parts of my family that had drinking alcohol issues. And um, I would take a few days off from drinking, which is kind of dumb if you think about it, just to make sure I was still in control of it, that it hadn't gotten a hold of me. And so I was good at this point. Yeah. So, um, we got married, you know, I'm thinking I'm married to the Antichrist, and I get pregnant. Mm -hmm. And so, I had just gotten a job, and man, I had been looking for a job for a long time, and it was like, oh my gosh, finally I've got a job. And so, uh, I found out I'm pregnant, and we weren't planning on being pregnant, but you know, we're married, it's good, I'm, I'm good, but then I started having complications. And so I went to the doctor, and the doctor told me, he said, you need to go home and go to bed, or you're going to lose the baby. And I said, okay. And I knew, I mean, I'd just gotten this job. I knew they were never, you know, I didn't have to leave. I didn't have anything like that. And so I figured I'm going to lose my job. And so I came home and told Rick, hey, you know, um, this is what the doctor said. And Rick looked at me, and I knew what he meant. But he said, do whatever you want. And I knew he didn't want the baby. And so... Y'all remember, we were just, we were not serving God. We did not have an understanding of life and things like that. And that's not an excuse, but my gosh, you know, it's, the Bible says my people perish from a lack of knowledge. Yeah. And so I went and had an abortion. And I didn't tell Rick I had an abortion. I was so ashamed of it. And, but after that, I had this horrible depression and I tried to commit suicide multiple times, and it remember, just got really bad. I remember one night, um, I think it was on the weekend, but I had <laughs> drank several, you know, drank quite a bit and gone to bed and just had uh, been asleep maybe an hour and a half, and I just woke up. And typically, you don't do that. If you're drunk. When you're drunk, you know. So I really think it was God that woke me up. So I, the light's on our, the living room, and I walk in there, and Rebecca's in there cutting her wrist. And it was amazing the progress she had made. Um, and anyway, it was, uh, that, that was our life. So. And it didn't end there. It did not end there. No, no. this went on for a while. I it remember, went on. Mm -hmm. I remember um, it was really demonic. Y'all okay? It was really demonic. I remember Rebecca had bought razor blades and had them in the house. And uh, I hid them from her so she wouldn't know where they were, these razor blades. And. I woke up one night and she was she had gotten out of bed and was sleepwalking and went to where I'd hidden the razor blades from her. It that was demonic. demonic. Yeah. It, was it, demonic. it knew where they were. Right. And uh, anyway, it got because of that, I would actually tie Rebecca to me at night so we could sleep. So that if she got up, I would know. We were crazy, y'all. Yeah. And we would fight. And I don't mean like we had yelling matches, we did. But we would fight, <laughs> and I think when, our, when we moved, our neighbors probably had a neighborhood party to celebrate. I promise you, we were those neighbors who were like, oh my gosh, don't live next to them, <laughs> because it was, just, it was just bad. And so, mm -hmm. Rick got a job. But first, you thought I, you swallowed me. Oh, okay. So, there was this other part, yes. So, one night, uh, it was on a weekend, um, I had this, like, heartburn but I can't tell you like it was heartburn I've ever experienced in my life I felt like I had swallowed shattered glass and I knew Rick was unhappy I was unhappy but I loved him but I felt like he didn't really love me so I thought he was trying to kill me because if you knew Rick he was just so cold he would be capable of that and so I'm, th I'm feeling this it, it, I swear it just felt like shattered glass in my throat and I thought I'm dying and then I thought, oh, my God, he's trying to kill me. And so then I was like, well, I'm dying. What do I have to lose? So I went to him. I'm like, okay, look, I know you poisoned me. I know you're trying to kill me. So at least tell me before I die what you did. At least let me know how I'm dying. Yeah. I mean, I just want to know. Yeah. And he's like, you're crazy. I haven't done anything to you or whatever. And, of course, we fought. And uh, I didn't poison her. She, yeah. <laughs> did not. He did not poison no. me. He did so, not. Anyway, I was looking for another job. Money was the answer, right? So I need to get That's another job. That's what he's thinking. Money so is the So I was working the for the Department of Energy. I got a job working on this NASA project. So we move away, 
Yeah. And it was quite a raise, so we moved. It was on the Mississippi coast, actually. Yeah. Have anybody ever heard of Stennis Space Center? Yeah, no. nobody. I hadn't okay. either. <laughs> <laughs> it's on the Mississippi coast. And we moved there, and uh, it was actually okay for maybe three weeks. And then we caught up with us. You know, when you have issues, you can be distracted for a little bit, but you are always, mm -hmm. if you got issues, you, that's still you. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And that's what happened. So it was, it was good actually for about worse three than ever. weeks. And, and then three it was actually weeks. worse than ever. Yeah, yeah, it was. And then I got pregnant again. And this time I actually did have a miscarriage. And so, um, and that was terrible because I felt so guilty about that. And, you know, we had a fight. And I will tell you, strife is horrible. Mm -hmm. Well, there is envy and strife. There's confusion in every evil work. Mm -hmm. It's the only place I know in the Bible that says it's like you just open a door letting strife in don't be part of strife don't be part of strife right after that big fight i had a miscarriage yeah. and i remember right around this time too you know, i mentioned how i would take a few days off from drinking to make sure i was still in control of it so i did that around this time where we're in the history of things here and i about went insane i couldn't he could i couldn't not stand drink. it i could not have it so, uh, so he was I knew, addicted. and that was scary. I knew at that point that I'd actually, I'd become, I was an alcoholic, you know, I had to have it. It was a physical mm -hmm. dependency at this point. Right. So, so again, so foul, I was a foul mouth, heavy drinker. So I became a foul mouth, alcoholic, ins <laughs> atheist, insomniac. So right. just worse. Yeah. So when I was in high school, I played around with, um, marijuana. But I, I, when I was in the Air Force, and when I, I just did it for a little while, and I just didn't want to live that life. But I remember, now I was not a drinker, because I was always getting, if I drank, I would get sick, and I, I didn't want to throw up, so I, I chose the marijuana. And so um, I remember how I felt when I was high, when I was in high school. I was just like, you just didn't have any pain. And I had so much pain and so much misery inside of me, and I felt so rejected, and just shame, and just, it was just horrible, and so I, I thought, you know what, maybe I can go try drugs again, and see if I can make this pain just numb for just a little bit, and I remember, it's amazing, because the devil will just plant people, I never even knew anybody on the coast that did drugs, and that day, I met somebody, and they're like, oh, you should come to my house, and I was like, oh, okay. So I went over, and they were getting high. And I thought, oh, my gosh, you know, wow, how convenient. That's what I was thinking at the time. It was so stupid. It was a setup by the devil. And I remember getting so, I had never been that high. I was so high, I couldn't hardly walk. I had never felt like that. But I will tell you what, that pain never left. Mm -hmm. I couldn't get high enough to make that pain go away. And so I went home that night, and I thought, this is just horrible, but I came to the end of me, and I knew, just from my Baptist background, I could call out on God. I needed a Savior, and so I did. I called out to God, and I said, you know, God, I need help. I'm at the end of me, and so. Yeah, around this time, too, we <coughs> decided we fought all the time. We could fight about anything. We could fight about whether the sun was shining or not. It was I not mean, a good situation. It either is or it isn't, right? You so, know, we, we could, both wanted our way and mm -hmm. both wanted to be right. Yeah, and we, you can die on that mountain if you want, but we, we I fight all the time. It. So around this time, we decided that the answer was to get a divorce. And so Rick wanted a divorce. And I will tell you, the whole time we had been together, I was so insecure that every time we fought, I said, let's get a divorce. It was the last thing I wanted, but I was so afraid he was going to tell me first. And I couldn't deal with that rejection. In insecurity will make you do stupid things. It makes you just do stupid. And so, anyway, so um, I said, well, let's go to a marriage counselor. Let's, let's try that. So I didn't think marriage counseling would work at all. So, and Rick I, wanted a divorce. Yeah, I thought about it, though, and I thought, well, you know, I don't want anybody to be able to blame me for this thing not working. So... I'm Watch going to find out. the best marriage counselor around, and we'll go to him, and it won't work. But I'll be able to say, I did everything I could, mm -hmm. and it just didn't work. So, so that was my motive. Yeah. So we found the best. We, yeah, we did. I let Rick mm -hmm. pick. 
he picked this person that was supposedly the best on the coast where we were living. And so we went to see her. We saw her three times. Um, and then, um, so the third time, she called me before our third appointment. And she told me, she said, I want you to come in by yourself. I said, okay. So I went in, and she said, I have never in my whole years of counseling, she was a PhD, you know, all the, yeah. all the stuff, all the letters, and she said, I've never told anybody this in my entire career, but you guys are hopeless. Y'all need a divorce. And then she told me, I'm going to tell you something that I want you to listen to me and listen to me good. She said, I want you to go home get your kids in the car and get whatever you can put in your car and leave. She said, your husband has a personality of like a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. And I was like, oh my God, I knew he was trying to kill me. And he is the Antichrist. She told, I need to get out of there. She told you I had to, she said I had the personality type of a serial killer. Of a serial killer. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I knew I was right. But then I'm afraid. <laughs> but you know what? The craziest thing was, I loved Rick, and I didn't want a divorce. I mean, that is insane. I remember coming home that day. I remember like, I didn't it, just, leave. like it just happened. I she thought didn't about leave. it. I came home, and Rebecca's <laughs> sitting on the sofa in our living room, and she's like this. <laughs> you know, she's thinking the Antichrist is coming home, I guess. <laughs> she was petrified. And he's going to kill me. <laughs> I'm like, what's wrong? You know, what's wrong? And I got her to finally tell me. I, I'm, uh, yeah, and then he was like, no, that is not true. She's crazy. So, um, so anyway. We, we decided it was hopeless and, okay, the best the world has to offer says get a divorce. So, so we were going to get a divorce. I guess that's all we can do. And so we started proceeding in that direction. And I started praying because I was like, God, you know, I need you to take this pain from me because I don't think I can live with this pain. And I remember thinking, God, if you, I just need some help. Please just take this pain away, you know? And so I started attending a church. Actually, we had some crazy things going on, yeah, demonic stuff in our house. That. And I had talked to my sister, which I had hardly ever talked to her. And I was just kind of confiding in her. She was states away, so I figured it was a safe conversation. And she told me, she said, you know, you need to go to a church that believes in demons. And I was like, oh, really? She goes, yeah, that's what's going on in your house. I was like, oh, okay. So after I got off the phone with her, the Yellow Pages, y'all remember those, right? So I went to the Yellow Pages and looked for churches, and I just started calling churches. And when they would answer the phone, I would say, hey, do y'all believe in demons? That's how I found a church. And so and several of them hung up on her. Yeah, several of them several hung of them up said on me. No, we don't believe in demons. They <laughs> think all the demons are in Africa. Anyway, I guess. So yeah. um, anyway, so I started attending this church, but I, I, I was raised, and I will tell you, I love my Baptist background, but I was not taught that God could like speak to you, that you could have a relationship with Him like that. And I, I, I knew about salvation, but so. I was just praying, and I had gone to this church, and they were talking about reading your Bible and stuff, and so I thought, you know, yeah, I'd do that. So I was just, all day long, while Rick was at work, you know, the kids and I were home, and I would just read the Word and pray. I just, you know, I didn't know very much. I was in Psalms, which was very peaceful. We were going to get a divorce, but we had a big mistake in our checkbook, and so neither one of us could move out. So we were stuck together. So during this time, I'm reading my Bible, I'm praying, and, and it was, I hadn't been you know, back to, to the Lord, but a couple of weeks, she, and I'm praying. She started witnessing to me, and I'm thinking she's crazy. Yeah, he thinks I'm crazy. Oh so my gosh, I, I'm, I'm praying, and all of a sudden, I see this vision. I'd never seen a vision. I didn't know what was happening. And I saw this vision, and there was this little bitty hospital room, and Rick was in the bed. He was, like, you know, unconscious or whatever, and the doctor was standing at the door, and he was shaking his head like there's nothing else we can do. And I was like, oh, my gosh, God is going to kill Rick. This is how I'm going to get over it. I know that sounds so fat. But listen, I couldn't get over the fact that he may leave me and be still in the world. But I could, I, when I saw that vision, I thought, I could get over him dying because he's not rejecting me. He's just dead. I, I know, right? Wow. 
And so I was like, God is going to kill Rick. This is a great plan, God. Thank you. Because I was praying with all my heart. I could help. He needed to help me. <laughs> but Rebecca tried to help me out. She said, Rick, you really need to wear your seatbelt. <laughs> because God is going to kill you. Yes. I told him. And he was already thinking I was crazy anyway because I, I was going to church all the crazy. time reading the Bible and trying to witness to him. Now what am I going to do? She's crazy. And, right? You know, and so anyway. She would witness to me and witness to me as Jesus this, Jesus that, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And I'm thinking, my, we lived on the Mississippi coast, right? Mosquitoes. I guess yeah. it's probably the same here. I don't know. Mosquitoes, you know. So summertime, I go sit on the porch to get away from her. She's not out, a screened-in porch. Not a screened-in yeah. porch, front porch, trying to get away from her with the mosquitoes, and she's out there witnessing <laughs> to me. But you know what? My heart changed after a few weeks of not only did I want our relationship because I was just selfish, but I started being concerned about him going to hell. And I will tell you, when I stopped being so self-centered, God started dealing with me about he could go to hell. And you know what? I don't care how much you don't like somebody. Hell is horrible. Yeah. Nobody. I mean, yeah. it is not made for us. And you don't want anybody to go there. And so I remember... Just telling him, you know, all his, all his excuses about why he didn't want to go to church were about hypocrites and people he'd met in church before. Well, let me ask you, this is a good point to say why I was an atheist. And the reason I was an atheist is because I'd gone to church when I was about 14. And I went to this church, it was a denominational church, near where I grew up. And, and so I go to this church and there's like people my age in the church that I go to school with. And at church, they acted completely different than they did at school. At school, they're just like me. At church, they're all holy, right? And um, that, so my thought was, oh, so it's all fake. And I thought to myself, well, I'm not going to fake it. I'm not, you know, if, if there's no power, I'm not going to buy it. Yeah, I'm not going to fake it. So that's, mm -hmm. I decided God wasn't real. So that's why he was an atheist. Mm -hmm. But I, I kept, and so he kept telling me, you know, there's hypocrites in church. And I was like, yeah, but you don't understand. If you go to hell and there's hypocrites, you're going to have to be with them too. <laughs> there. So you could, you could kind of stand them in church and, you, you know, if they're real hypocrites, maybe, you won't, maybe they won't be with you in heaven. I don't know. I didn't know that much. And so anyway, um, so I kept just trying to witness to him. And so... Um, and every time I prayed, I would see that vision of him. Mm -hmm. and, I, and so I wasn't sure what was happening. And so I went to my pastor. And, you know, he kind of, he was, when I went to him about my situation with Rick and I, he was the first person that offered me hope. Now, I had gone to see some other pastors during that time. And they all told me, just get a divorce, get a job, you'll be okay. You'll survive. But this pastor, the one that believed in demons, he told me, he said, you know, Rebecca, he said, God doesn't want to give you a new husband. He wants to change the one you have. And it was the first time I had hope. That's why I stayed. Swimming rats. Think about it. Hanging I could last. Down. And I will tell you, when there were times when I wanted to give up, but it was like, no, God wants, to, I, somebody mm -hmm. told me, God wants to save the one you have. And I wanted him. I loved him. As crazy as that sounds, I loved him. And so, um, anyway, so time goes on, a little bit of time goes on, and I'm still witnessing to Rick and everything. He's not coming to church with me. And so before we were born again, we were pretty active in the, the, at the um, parties that his office would have, mm -hmm. okay? And so they were used to seeing us together. And so this party's coming up, and Rick... He's, he's definitely not telling anybody we've got problems, but he didn't want anybody yeah, to know. That's, that's one thing. I, I always thought we're the only people having problems. Everybody else seemed perfect, right? And I thought, man, I can't tell anybody we've got problems because if I do that, they're going to ostracize us and reject us and think something's wrong with you. Some, you're defective somehow. You know, so that's another reason we share our testimony so people realize, hey, hey yeah, people got trouble. Yes. Mm -hmm. And the Bible says if you marry, you haven't sinned, but you'll have trouble in the flesh. Yeah, first Corinthians I'll find seven. that one. <laughs> it's true. First Corinthians chapter seven. Go it's ahead. there. So anyway. Um, so I wanted her. To, my office was having this beer party. Right. And I wanted Rebecca to go with me, and she didn't want to go. Yeah, I, so, didn't want, I mean, I was done with all that stuff, right? Well, I actually need to back up because that Friday evening you were on the porch again witnessing to me, and you heard. 
I heard in one week everything's going to be all right. She heard an audible voice. And I looked at audible Rick. Audible voice of God spoke to her. And I said, "Did you hear that?" I said, and he was hear like, what? "Hear what?" You know. And I'm like, "Oh gosh!" On top of everything else, I'm hearing voices now. And again, I'm thinking, "She's crazy." <laughs> so I went back to my pastor. And I'm like, on top of everything, now I'm hearing things. And he's like, you know, Rebecca, if you would have called me, if I would have called you a month ago and I called your name, he said, you wouldn't have known me. He said, you know, if this is God, he said, I'm not saying it is or isn't. He said, but in one week you'll know. And he said, if I'd have called you on the phone a month ago, you would have not known my voice. So the beer party was the next day on that Saturday night. And Rebecca made a deal with me. I'll go with you to the party if you'll go to church with me. Sometimes, women, we got to fight. <laughs> so, so, yeah. So uh, I made the deal. And yeah. she went to the beer party with me on Saturday night. She sat there kind of like this all night. I was probably smiling. I don't think so. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember. But I do remember the next day was Sunday. And guess what? We had a deal. You're coming to church with me. So I tried to weasel out of it, but I knew there wouldn't be any peace that afternoon if I did that, so I went. So he went to church, and um, there was a missionary that our church supported that was um, kind of, he was back home for the... Germany. Yeah, from Germany, and he was just kind of giving an update of what was going on on the mission field. And so our church was probably, the, that, that day, there might have been maybe 60 people in it. It was a smaller church. And so this guy's up there talking, and Rick and I are sitting there, you know. And uh, this he, guy goes, yeah. hey, you, you, right there. He pointed straight to Rick, and he's like, will you come up here? I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, he'll never come back to church. He had, he goes, a, word. He had a word for me. Yes, and he, had, he, he told Rick, he said, can I minister to you? And so Rick walked up there, and I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, what's he going to do? So he starts giving me this, <laughs> he starts giving me this word. And it was very accurate, but it was stuff Rebecca didn't know. I never knew. That nobody, nobody else knew. Mm -hmm. It was very accurate. And to me, that was like a rabbit in a hat. Rick was just not to, impressed. It was just to be honest, it was like a rabbit in a hat to me. Uh, but I'll tell you the thing that got me was I saw something at this church I'd never seen before. I saw God's love that these people had for each other. And I don't know how else to say that other than you could see the love these people had for each other. It was a spirit-filled church, and I'd never seen that before. And, you know, I, I think maybe most atheists are like this. They try to be very logical, mm -hmm. so I'm logicking everything out, if that's a word. So I'm watching them. I'm thinking, okay, it's fake. I know it's fake. So I'm watching them. I'm thinking somebody's going to mess up and prove it's fake. The only problem was nobody messed up. So Thank for, God, right? Yeah. <laughs> so for this whole service, I sat there and watched these people love each other. So I left there that day knowing that God was real, and not just that God was real, but that the God of the Bible was real. And, you know, Jesus said, it's by your love for one another that all men will know you're my mm -hmm. disciples. Right. So I saw the love that they had. So then, once you know God's real, it's just a matter of whether you're going to accept him or reject him. And I wasn't going to be a fake. This was Sunday. And remember on Friday, God told Rebecca in one week everything will be okay. So it took me one week, five days to decide. So that Am Friday, I going to do this? Because I'm not going to fake it. Yeah. If I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it. Right. So it took me that long to really make the decisions I was going to do it. And that Friday night, because I remember sitting on the porch, it was, I don't know, it was around 1030 at night. And um, it was a Friday night. But that next Friday night, they had a prayer meeting at church. And it was just kind of a odd thing but they were doing a late prayer meeting and so me and the kids went because we went every time the doors were open because you know I was just in love with the Lord and I wanted to be at church and it was peaceful there so anyway so um I went to church and all week long okay y'all you, you have to understand when somebody doesn't know something they can be very um excited even though they don't maybe have a lot of knowledge and so I learned about these people on tv that you could call for their prayer you know, they had a number. You could have people pray with you. I probably called every single person on the network. And I'm calling them, and they're talking about anointing things. Oh, I yeah. anointed everything in the house. I anointed Rick's toilet. Everything I anointed I the pillow. I anointed his shoes. I anointed everything. I everything remember, had I oil. Sat, can you just say this? 
go into the bathroom and think, why is the toilet seat oily? <laughs> What's going on here? <laughs> I'm telling you, I anointed everything. That, you know, because I just didn't know. I mean, you know, I'm, I didn't know you were supposed to be kind of, you know, whatever. And, and plus all that stuff in the house that had been going on, mm-hmm. I, I'm like, no, you're not going to go here. You're not. So I anointed the windows, the doors. I mean, I, I probably went through a whole bottle of oil. Anyway, so, but I was, you know, and there was lots of other things that happened. Um, this is just a short version, really, mm-hmm. I promise. But the thing was that I just had hope. And, and even when I thought God was going to kill Rick, you know, God used that because I started thinking how much he loved me. If he was willing to help me, even in the middle of me, my God, how much does he love you? Yeah. And how much does he love people who are just not even serving him? So that Friday night, Rebecca goes to church for this prayer meeting. Right. I'm at home, and God's been dealing with me all week. And I was probably meaner that week than oh usual. Oh, my gosh. God have you ever met anybody under conviction? Oh, my gosh, they're not pretty. Yeah. It's like, ooh. <laughs> they're not nice. I was meaner than usual. Yes. But anyway, that, that Friday night, I got born again. And on my own, I on, knew on how his to own. do it. Confess your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe your heart to God, raise him from the dead, and you will be saved, right? Right. So I knew, and uh, I got born again and um, um, made a decision. I don't know, maybe I've told you guys this before, but I love that word decision, decide. It comes from the Latin de sedere, which means to cut off. So to, to decide means to cut off, basically cut off other options. So I made a decision I was going to be all on board with God and I cut off all the other options right. and when I got born again I was delivered from alcohol instantly instantly I, yeah amen I was um, praise God yeah right. I mean that was awesome foul mouth just went away um, insomnia just went away still today Rebecca thinks I'm faking at night I'll go to bed and within seconds I'm snoring and she'll think I'm it's faking it's not even nice Anyway, yeah. but yeah. So all just all yeah. that stuff went away. Mm-hmm. And Thank I will God. tell you, and so when I came home that night, Rick was in bed. And, you know, I, obviously it was late when I got home. I don't know. It was probably after midnight. And so um, put the kids to bed. And the next morning, all I can tell you, know, we were sleeping in the same bed. But, you know, I don't so know if y'all Saturday. have ever done this when you're mad at your spouse. You can sleep on the very edge of the mattress. Okay. Oh, y'all should not amen that. Okay, no, I'm teasing. So anyway, that's how we had been sleeping. And so, and Rick treated me like I was just rabid dog. I'm telling you, it was just terrible how we were living. And so I remember the next morning, I woke up, it was Saturday morning, and he leaned over and kissed me, and he said, good morning, Rebecca. And I thought, oh my God, what's going on? (laughs) And I'm like, who is this person? And I didn't say a word. I'm not going to mess this up. You know what I mean? And so all day long, I'm like waiting for him. He's not drinking. And there's like, you know, stuff going on. And you got to understand before. Stuff going on, like not not demonic stuff. No, but like we had this issue with the car and this guy came over and was helping him with it. And Rick wasn't like cussing. He wasn't like mad. He wasn't drinking. And, you know, he's just being really nice. And then they got the car situated. And then that afternoon, so before that, when Rick and I had been moving and we had looked for houses, this is just, I mean, Rick wasn't just outright mean to the kids, but a realtor that we had, she was with us less than five minutes, and she looked at me and she goes, oh, those aren't his kids, are they? I'm like, "Mm mm-mm. I mean, you could just tell. It wasn't like he was just mean, but it was just, we're separate. So I remember that, that day, you know, after the car got fixed or whatever, Rick, for the first time, picked up the kids, and he started, they're little, he started twirling them. You ever picked up a kid, you know, and you're just kind of spinning them around? And they're laughing, and I saw all this rainbow, this aura of love around them. And I was like, oh my gosh, what is happening here? I was so excited about it, but still, mouth shut. I did not want to mess this up. You and know, so every, everything thing didn't change. I was still hard-headed, so I didn't tell her what, what I, that I got born again. He didn't tell me what he, that he had gotten born again. So, so the next morning, we get up. Me and the kids are going to church, and Rick says, oh, I'll go with you. I'm thinking, mm-hmm. okay. 
So we get to church. We had Sunday school then. It was like a Bible study before church, before the, you know, service. And it was just freezing because it was hot outside. They had the air down because, you know, humidity, blah, blah, blah. So between the service and and Sunday school, I I said, hey, Rick, do you mind if I go sit outside? I'm just freezing. You know, I want to just go sit in the sun for a few minutes. He goes, okay. So we went and sat outside, and he goes, oh, yeah, I need to tell you something. I was like, what? He says, um. Uh, Friday night when you were gone, I got born again. I'm trying now, to keep it on the lowdown. It right? was a week to the to the to the time. News. It was a one week, one week. It was. And I'm sitting there thinking, in one week everything will be okay. I didn't hear a voice. I heard God. I heard God. And so I'm trying to keep it on the lowdown. So our Rebecca pastor had been praying for us. And so I went in. I was so excited. I tell our pastor. And so when church starts, he makes this announcement. <laughs> He's like, hey, everybody. The Rick, heathen got saved. Rick got saved, you know. And we're all like, and Rick's like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> everybody knows, you know. And I will tell you. He didn't say the heathen got saved. That's just how I yes, heard it, right? Mm-hmm, that's, and we call him a heathen, and it's true. It's not a put down. Rick did not grow up in church at all. Uh, they never went to church. So he was raised heathen. I mean, just non-church, not anything. And so anyway, so we're saved. And I will tell you, Rick and I decided divorce is no longer an option. Now, we weren't perfect. I can tell you. We had some pretty good knockdown dragouts after that, but divorce was no longer an option. Yeah, so our marriage, instead of doing this, it began to do this. Right. But it wasn't just like here. No, it, began it was to do just, this. and God started showing us things and telling us yeah. to do certain things. And so, but I will tell you, we'd been in church maybe, I don't know, maybe, maybe two or three weeks after this happened, after he got born again. And I was in church, and you, you remember that? abortion that I had, I never told Rick. I, I lied to him and I told him I'd had a miscarriage. And so God started dealing with me and he said, you need to tell Rick what happened. And I'm like, God, wait a minute. We're finally on the good. We're finally get, going somewhere. He could leave me over this. I, that was an, a lie, a deception. I mean, I out and out lied to him. Why do you want me to tell him? And God was like, you need to tell him. You need to tell him. And so, you know, I didn't want to, but I was, I knew I needed to do what God was telling me. And so I told Rick, and that was a Sunday at church. God started speaking to me about that. And I just could not, it just, I couldn't get away from it. And so I told Rick when we got home that day, I said, okay, Friday night, we got to talk. I said, I have to tell you something, but I want you to pray this week before I tell you what I got to tell you. I was so afraid, you know, we were good. And now I got to tell him this. And so um, he said, well, why don't you just tell me now? I'm like, oh, no, you got to pray. You got to pray all week long because you need to be prepared to hear what I have to tell you. And so um, Friday night comes, and I'm telling you, y'all, I'm nervous. I will tell you, God is faithful. If he's telling you to do something, you can, you can depend on him. Now, make sure you're hearing him, obviously, but he's faithful. So you want to tell yeah, well, yeah, God spoke to me what she was going to tell me during that week. God told me, and I'd actually written it down on a piece of paper. So Rebecca says, okay, it's Friday night. It's Friday evening, so I need to tell you. So I said, well, before you tell me, read this. So I handed it to her, and I'd written down what she was going to tell me. God told them that I'd had an abortion. Yeah. He knew. There, I'm going to tell you, there's no way that he would have known that ever. There was, you know, I, I drove about an hour to do it. There was, there was no way he knew anything. And that was the Lord. But you know what? Rick embraced me, and he said, you know, our baby's in heaven. Mm-hmm. We will see that baby again. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you, it's true. If any of you have ever experienced that, miscarriage, abortion, whatever, your baby is there. Yeah, you're going to meet You them. know what? You, you haven't yeah. lost them. They're there. Yeah. So... You know, our marriage began to improve, and in the process of time, about two years later, we were in this church. We had moved. We were in this church, and this pastor asked us if we'd teach a marriage class. I'm like, no. We're like, y'all don't know us. No, you don't understand. You don't know us. You don't understand. We're not the people. So we explained to him what we'd been through, told him a version, a shorter version of what you just heard. Shorter version, yeah. And uh, he said, no, I think you guys are the right ones to teach this class. So we started teaching this marriage class, just teaching, telling people what God had done with us and how he'd brought and, us Yeah, and it just showed them things that God had showed us, just to, and, you know. Yeah, and the class grew to about 70 people. 
And so that was good. Uh, yeah. Had some fruit there. A lot of, I mean, we had some people that had been, uh, you know, married twice as long as we'd been alive kind mm-hmm. of thing. In our class, and we saw yeah. their, their kids saw the impact they had on their marriage. Their kids came back to church. So just a fruit like that. And then again, awesome. in the process of time, we started having an opportunity to go and minister other places on TV. And we've been to, you know, Europe and Africa and South America doing marriage conferences and Peru. ministers conferences. We're just kind of, kind of we got it just a few minutes. So I'm trying yeah, to give we don't want to hold real, you guys. Real quick version of the rest of it. Um, so we've been to all the continents in around the United States again doing conferences. We just did a couple. Y'all know about that. Uh, ministers conferences here as well. And um, uh, God's you know, opened some doors. God used what the devil intended to ruin our lives with. Mm-hmm. We are just smearing it in his face. Mm-hmm. Helping people. Just giving them hope. It didn't, you know, some is in marriage. Some is in, you know, you guys, if y'all were here, um, Sunday healing. You know, salvation, being baptized in the Holy Spirit. God has a good plan for your life. I'm just operating in the gifts. Yes. Even. I gave the example yes. of the, that manifestation of tons of interpretation. Right. It's the gifts of the yeah. Spirit. And, you know, again, the Word is the pathway to power. We really, right. we're, we're big on the Word mm-hmm. and we're big on the power we're, we're as well. On, yes. Yeah, the supernatural, the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit and healing, etc. And, yeah, we had our own church. We pastored for 11 and a half, almost 12 years. Mm-hmm. And uh, right before COVID happened, God dealt with us to merge our church with another so we did some, you know, we really couldn't travel much during COVID. We did some stuff by Zoom, training people and things. Got thrown and off the internet, YouTube and Facebook. Oh, yeah. We were like a plague on Facebook. Oh, my got, gosh. They, they hated us. We got shadow banned. Teaching on biblical marriage, they don't like that. No. Mm-hmm. So uh, we would yeah. go minister in churches and things, and their Facebook would get shut down. Anyway, it was interesting. Mm-hmm. So um, Never anyhow. said anything except for biblical marriage. I mean, never said anything about anything. We didn't come against homosexual anything, marriage or nothing. anything like that. Just biblical marriage but, is what we were yeah. teaching. So, but anyway, so um, that's the gist of it, I guess. Right. That's, that's kind of... <laughs> Thank you. Man. I'll tell you a couple of things. You know, our son who had had that disease it left him with a heart condition. And at five years old, they told us he was going to have to be, um, have like open heart surgery. And it was just going to be a real ordeal. And so we were getting ready at that time. It was after we were born again, we started praying for him. We didn't know nothing. I mean, we didn't know. I mean, we knew God could heal, but we didn't know he had healed. We didn't know a lot of scriptures. We just didn't know anything. But we knew God was good. And we knew that he, he, was, he was a loving father. So we, we just kept praying. And um, they've got a sonogram, and they were getting ready to schedule surgery for him and stuff. And he's got all this deals with his heart. And then, so I think we had met with a pediatric cardiologist, like, on a Friday. And on Sunday at church, our son didn't tell us this. He was five. He told the pastor, though. He said, God told me today he was going to give me a new heart. And we went Monday to do the follow-up test, they couldn't find anything wrong with his heart. heart was fine. Same Praise kid God. at 10 years old was diagnosed by, with a blood test for lupus. Three weeks later, after we had prayed and prayed and prayed, we took him to uh, the, I don't know, to a children's hospital in Atlanta, and that guy told us after examining and re-examining and re-examining and running some more tests, he said, I never get to tell parents this, but your kid didn't have lupus. I'm telling you, we've seen God work mm-hmm. and do healing, supernatural healings in our yeah. lives. I'll tell you something else, too. We talked about a little bit about all the hurt we'd done to each other, you yeah. know. And it was like there was this mountain of hurt between right. us that we had to deal with. But, you know, now all that stuff, it, it's really like, like something we saw in a movie. It's like it, ha- it happened to us, been healed. but it's like it happened to someone else. Mm-hmm. And God really has healed us of that. And that's, we can stand up and talk about it. It yeah. really doesn't bother us. I mean, I'm, I'm good. We can talk about yeah. it. Yeah. So, so, you know, never underestimate the power of hope. Yeah. You know, I know our faith is important, but you've got to have hope before you have faith. And God really can do anything. Absolutely. And wants to. He yeah. wants to be good in your life. Fly. Yeah. And so yeah. look for his goodness. Expect his goodness. Yeah. So this expect, is us. Praise God. We're not where we used to be, and, but we are going somewhere, and I believe we are headed in the same direction, guys. It's going to be an exciting journey here. Yes. Uh-huh.
Uh, because after we got born again, we knew that we had an enemy. And looking back, it was like, oh my gosh, that's the curse. You ever read in Deuteronomy, the curse? Man, you curse, 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 curse. You know, read the blessings and don't get hung up about, oh, I got to do all this stuff. No, Jesus did all that stuff. So we're redeemed from the curse. Thank God, Galatians 3.13. Mm -hmm. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. And so we have the blessings of, of the Old Testament, but we don't have the curse. Christ has redeemed us from the curse. And looking back, you can see the curse. I don't know if any of you guys ever have a, you know, testimony or, you know, if you know somebody that's working on their testimony. But I'm going to tell you, you can see the curse alive. And if you don't know the curse is there, how are you going to fight it? You just think it's bad. Yeah. Bad things are happening. Why are bad things happening? Because you have an enemy. And, it, you know, you, you don't know you're redeemed from something. If, if there was a million dollars in your bank account, but you didn't know it, would you go try to make a withdrawal? No, because you don't know it's there. Mm -hmm. We have got blessing, blessing upon blessing upon blessing. God has blessed us. He's healed us. He wants us whole. And, it, you know, wherever you are, he's, he doesn't want you to stay there. The best is yet to come. The best days are ahead of us. Amen. Your best days are ahead of you. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I absolutely believe that. Yes. So that's basically it. So, so we're out of time. It's yep. 6.59. We want to finish by 7. So, so pray, babe. Let's pray. Y'all stand up. Thank you, Lord. Father, we just thank you for the time that we've had tonight. God, I thank you. Um, Father, I thank you for Grace Tabernacle. I thank you for the people, God, that you have called here for such a time as this. Father, I thank you for the work that you're doing in their lives, that good, good, good days are ahead of them. And all of us, Lord, I thank you that you love us so much, Father. And Father, we just bless this people. We just speak a blessing over them. They're the head and not the tail. They're above only and not beneath. Yes. They're blessed coming in and blessed going out. They come behind and no good thing. And I thank you that favor goes before them, favors their rear guard. I thank you that they have the mind of Christ. They hold the thoughts, feelings, and purposes of your heart. And God, I thank you for great days ahead. In yes. Jesus' name, amen. 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 Y'all are dismissed. You're dismissed. If you need prayer, we'd be happy to pray for you, though. I don't want to exclude that. Amen.